What's up, friends? I'm your host, Amanda Smith, and welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast, the show where I chat with inspiring women about business, life's challenges, and building community, because we all need it. If you need a girl gang, this podcast is for you. Alyssa, welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. How are you doing in Ohio today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm just working on a photo shoot in my studio garage. So moving and grooving. So with your studio garage, okay, my friend Abby has converted her garage to her office. So what did you do? So it's a three-car garage. We have two cars, so it works out. So I just use like one of the garage um, spaces for my studio. And then my dad is actually an HVAC contractor. So he put in like a little wall unit for me that has like heat and air. Um, because I don't think I could do it without that. And then we like redid, there was some cabinets, like a workbench and we redid it with like a faux marble countertop and painted it pink and made it all cute. That is so fun. I'm super jealous. That would be amazing. Well, it's so good to have you on the podcast. I've been following you for a while and just connected with you recently. I don't even remember how. I think being in quarantine, we've all just gone down these rabbit holes of social media, <laughs> found new people or uh, rediscovered people you've been following. Um, but for those who don't know, um, you know about the about list creative and things like that, um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. So Lish Creative is a content agency for vibrant beauty, lifestyle, and hospitality brands. So we create photos, videos, and stop motion for some of the world's leading brands, including Butterfinger, Dunkin', Nickelodeon, Delta Airlines, uh, a nice mix. And I also do speaking. I'm on podcasts like this. I have a new course and I do consulting as well. So a little bit of everything. So amazing. And I, I wanted to like have your brand in front of me as we're talking, because if you guys don't follow her, um, I'll have you share your, your, um, Instagram in a second. And while you're listening, you're going to get swipe over to Instagram and start looking at her feed if you've never followed her, because it is so vibrant and so much fun and such a great, like just a great refresh of happiness during a time that's so crazy. Um, but it's so visual. And I think, you know, being, being on a podcast, I want people to be able to connect to that. So share your, your social media really quick. Sure. So my personal account is at Alishi Lishy. And then my business account is at Lish Creative. And that's where it's strictly client work shared over there. So they're a little bit different, but the bright, happy vibe is the same throughout both. It is so much fun. I am obsessed with like the stop motion, all of that stuff. So let's take it back. Um, how did you, which is so funny, I'm sitting here drinking Dunkin' Donuts right now. If anybody follows me on Instagram, I I have famously um, created the quote, Amanda runs on Dunkin' instead of America runs Amazing! <laughs> and so I, like, how did you get there? Let's, let's start from the beginning. You know, uh, your your husband is not in the creative field and, uh, you know, they are very different. So how did you get started in the creative space? 
Sure. So I went to Virginia Tech. I studied marketing, but I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. And so right out of school, I didn't want to take a sales job or get stuck in an industry that I wasn't very passionate about. So I started posting on Instagram kind of as an experiment, like to build a creative portfolio because, you know, when you graduate from school, like you have nothing, right? So I was just posting fun, happy things that brought me joy. I was only using my iPhone. I had no idea how to use a camera and just consistently posting. I eventually got a job in the advertising industry for an agency doing social media community management, which looking back was good experience, but felt terrible at the time. (laughs) Not, not a great, not a great start, but, um, you know, they hired me based partially on my Instagram, even at that time in 2014, I think it was, I, it was very like humble beginnings of iPhone photos. I think we were all still using the filters back then too. Um, But they saw like a little bit of a creative vision and and I hopped around to a couple different agencies and I just kept posting, kept doing it for fun. And eventually brands started reaching out to me asking if I could take photos for them. And again, like I didn't even know how to use a camera, but I just kind of never said no. And I learned, bought the tools, hired people to help where I needed to. And then soon after I was able to leave my nine to five to pursue the agency full time. That's incredible. I literally just wrote down that you said, I, I just never said no. And I think we hear that now. We're like, oh, you can't say yes to everything. But when you are starting out, you and people are recognizing your talent and your value and your abilities and your skills, like you probably shouldn't say no. <laughs> right. um, yeah. You know. and there were lots of times where I felt really uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, I have no business doing this. Like, I literally don't know how to shoot in manual mode. Like, so intimidated by camera settings and all the things. But it was just like, I just figured it out. I just was like determined to do my own thing. And that's what I had to do. So I imagine like a lot of us um, self-taught entrepreneurs, you got on Google, you got on Instagram or Pinterest and just figured it out. Who were some of the people that were really influential that you learned from online, things like that? I took a course from A Beautiful Mess on photography. I took a course from Sugar and Cloth on photography. And those were really good, like basic courses, mm-hmm. get, like the baseline. And then um, I had a couple friends that were photographers that I reached out to and asked them questions, you know, people in the industry, that kind of thing. And I was in a couple Facebook groups at that time too, that kind of gave me the courage to take the leap and leave my job. Yeah. I think it's really, it's so important to build like your quote unquote behind the scenes team, like your support team and your network of like, these are the people that are going to help you build your business. Right. You know, I think a lot of people think, Oh, like I got to hire somebody and I've got to, you know, take this fancy thing and pay a lot of money. Well, no, like you, you just used your Facebook group, you utilized resources, you took a couple courses and you got scrappy and figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people, um, we overthink it, right? Um, but most of the time you just have to get your hands dirty and like roll it loosely. And yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I want to get into, you know, how, like, have you always been this like creative and like, 
you know, your vibrant colors? How did you find, once you realized, like, I have a knack for this, I'm talented in this, you took on a lot of work, and then you left that um, full-time job. How did you really hone in on who your brand was and what you guys did and offered? I think it started with just like a love for color. I always like have loved bright colors growing up. Like as a three-year-old, my favorite color was pink. I painted my room bright yellow and bright orange in high school. Like it was just something always in me that I just loved color. And so it was more about how to bring that into a brand. And then I think I just figured out I was a natural fit with some of these more vibrant, colorful, fun brands because that's my personality and that's the look and feel I like. And also at the time, interestingly, I was working at an agency that had a very different aesthetic. It was very dark. It was very moody, masculine. um, And I was forced to kind of create in that category for my full-time job. I was doing prop styling. My title was creative strategist, but I did a little bit of everything, wardrobe, props, creative direction, art direction. You know, it was a small team. So I got my hands dirty with a lot, but I think forced to produce in that aesthetic like pushed me the opposite way even further and like gave me even more motivation to do this like ultra feminine and fun brand that's awesome I love that so you took this full time and then what was that bridge from how long ago was that that you took this full time that was in um 2004 uh, 2015. So it was a little over four years ago, January of 2015. And I, I waited until I had a few retainer clients on the books. So that's clients that are hiring me every month, like under a contract. So it was some guaranteed income and that's how I felt comfortable leaving my nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important when we're talking about leaving your nine to five, a lot of people are like, just take the leap and yes, take, take a leap of faith and, and figure it out. But like, do not leap when you don't have the money or you haven't saved right. your money. Um, so that's a really great point. You know, what is consistent income that you can count on and, and can you lean on that? Then, then figure that out. I love that. Um, so right. that was, you know, four years ago. Um, how has your team grown since then? How has the company grown? Obviously, what I mean, what has led to all of these like national massive brands and clients? Sure. So I literally started in my parents' spare bedroom or my Amazing. bedroom at my parents' house, like taking photos there. And then um, my husband got into medical school in Los Angeles. So um, we moved to Los Angeles. And I think that was like a big turning point for me. I got a studio space there. I started working with like a lot of the larger LA brands. That's when I hired um, an art director, like a couple assistants to come and help me because, you know, at the beginning you're doing everything yourself. So I found, you know, areas that maybe I wasn't as strong in and I knew I just needed help like it didn't make sense for me to go get all the supplies and to like clean up everything. And like, you know, the nitty gritty details, like spray paint, all the props. Like I got people to do all that stuff when I could and, and when I needed to make space for other things. And then I also hired like the retouchers and the art directors to do some of that really technical photography stuff that I just know that they can do it faster and better than I can. 
And that's kind of always been my philosophy is like finding people that are smarter than you and the things that aren't your zone of genius and using them to create better work. We are supported by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com is online secure counseling services that you can take advantage of right from their handy dandy app. I've been using BetterHelp for the last several months. I went on there. I took a quick quiz about who I am and my personality. They matched me to the best fit counselor for me. And then we got started. You can message your counselor in the app portal. You can journal. They can give you activities and kind of homework or assignments so that you can work through um, the things that you are dealing with. And when you use code GIRLGANG, you can get 10% off. So betterhelp.com slash GIRLGANG for more information. This week, we are supported by Smart Suites. That's right. If you go to smartsuites.com, you can use code Amanda's in Dallas for free shipping on purchases over $30. And let me tell you, it is easy to get to $30. Um, $30 is like, let me set you up with the candy that you need for the month. We are in quarantine, guys. And so this is a time where some of us are either snacking more than normal, or if you're like me, you are working and kind of forgetting, oh, it's like, 2.30. I should probably eat lunch. <laughs> um, but Smart Sweets is a female-founded company that created candy that you love without the sugar and the bad stuff. How amazing is that? Every package has three grams of carbs. I know. Like, for real? And you guys, I have tried every single flavor and product of theirs. And here is what I love. Here are my favorites. I love the gummy bears though. I mean, that's just a go-to. Everybody likes gummy bears. I love their sweet fish. Those are probably my number one favorite. Those are the ones I get the most. Also, those are the ones that are usually available the most at my local target. Um, and then I love their peach rings, but, or whatever they call them, peach rings. Yeah. But the the newest thing they came out with, you guys, which is super exciting, is their Smart Chews. And these are like your favorite square chew type of candy <laughs> that we all love. But obviously not the calories and the sugar that you experience with the other candy. So you can go to um, Smart Sweets is their Instagram handle. But you can use code Amanda's in Dallas for free shipping off of orders $30 or more and go to Smart Suites. Just Google it or smartsweets.com.
Yeah. So, and I don't know, I don't want to put you on the spot. I think I've heard this so much lately and I'm realizing a lot of people that are new entrepreneurs, they're new to running a business. Maybe the last couple of years they started a business. They're not familiar with this term, your zone of genius or like, you know, your whatever you want to call it. Do you want to expand on that? I think that's just, it's been coming up so lately and I'm glad you said it. Uh, Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I think it's the things that you know that you do better than anybody else, right? So what are those things that really differentiate you from anybody else in your business? So for me, my zone of genius is kind of a little bit on the business side of things, like running the business, you know, maintaining relationships with clients, project management, staying organized, and then also just the overall creative direction. Those are the things that I know I'm going to do better than than anybody that I'm going to hire. Those are my things. Those are my zone of genius. And then the other things like, you know, the more technical retouching, like I mentioned, and accounting, for an example, like, those mm-hmm. are all things, bookkeeping, those are all things that I found, I have found other people to take off my plate. Yeah. Outsourcing is super, super crucial, especially as you realize you're growing and you can afford to outsource a little bit, especially if it's going to free up your time to increase revenue or continue those relationships with clients. I think that's really important. I know I always think of Zone of Genius as, as, you know, what is a topic or um, a specialty that you're like, oh, I'm going to go to XYZ person for that because that is what they do best or that's what they're known for, right? I love that. So I love that you built this structure of your retainer clients so that you were comfortable leaving. And then now you've built this team. You found, okay, we've made money. We're bringing in more clients. What can I outsource so that frees up more of my time so you're not doing everything? I know in the early stages of your business in the first couple of years, you are wearing all of the hats. You're trying to figure yeah, out. And I think we still do, right? Even three, four, six, seven years into it, you're, you're doing several things, especially if it's something you created. So I think that structure is is super amazing. When it comes to bringing on those new clients, I think, you know, I can imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Nickelodeon and Dunkin' Donuts or whoever, those are probably extreme clients of yours. And, you know, how did you make that happen? I think we all have a dream person we would like to work with. Or, you know, I know for me, I have like, speakers and sponsors that I know, oh my gosh, if they sponsored our conference or if they came and spoke at our conference, I would be just like over the moon about it. So how did you approach like pitching to those clients or getting, you know, getting in touch with that right person? So that's really tricky. And I will say that I've been very lucky. Uh, Like 80% of my business comes from Instagram. So people are finding me on Instagram by consistently showing up, posting consistent on-brand stuff. Like my feed is very curated. It is very much a portfolio of work. It's a portfolio of my brand. Um, I know there's like a trend to post like more authentic moments lately, you know, on Instagram, but I've pretty much stuck to my aesthetic, stuck very Mm -hmm. to my strict posting because I think that's really important in the way that you position yourself. So I, I always tell people, I do a lot of work that doesn't match that brand. And at the beginning, I did a lot of stuff you know, to make money, to make ends meet. We have to take 
I did like copywriting projects for like an insurance agent. And I even now I take some photo projects that are more like a moody, grungy vibe. Um, but I never share those anywhere. And so I think it's really important to stay consistent in what you're putting out because that's going to what is going to come back to you. Right. And it's all about, like you mentioned, what your zone of genius and what that thing is that you're known for. So as soon as I had people find me on Instagram, actually, Duncan was one of the very first ones at the time they were really focusing on um, like very small independent content creators. And um, I'm not sure how they found me. And you have to remember, like, it's not just the brand, it's the people working there on Instagram. Like, you never know. Marketing people, yeah. Right. You never know who somebody is. They could be PR for a huge agency and have this like tiny private account. So they follow Mm -hmm. you and you have no idea. So I've seen that a lot where it's just like seems like a regular person, but they're actually in charge of marketing somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I think just being consistent. And, And then once I got those few, big clients, like I just shared like crazy about them, put them all over my website, talked about them, you know, really use that to kind of get the next one. That's awesome. And you're right. We see that a lot here with Dallas Scroll Gang too. People in our Facebook group following us on social media and someone from a private account or, or even like from the company's account, it's the social media manager, it's the marketing person, it's the advertising person. And they're, they're assigned work to go do research on social media or get into a Facebook group and network. And right. so, yeah, you, you never know who's watching. You but, never know. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, people are posting more authentic things. And I think you're right. I think it's like, that's fine for, for, you know, whoever I know I am because that's what resonates with my audience. But right, right when you have a product or you are such a visually based company like yours or like a co- another content creation agency, keeping that curated, that is what your audience needs to see. Right. And so I love that you've done that. And I love like, you're right. You know, not all the work that we do needs to be shown. Like maybe we could add that to our portfolio on our website or, you know, in a folder somewhere, if someone asks, to see like what kind of scope of work that you've done, mm-hmm. but for whatever you're trying to attract, that's what needs to go up there. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, exactly. And then one other thing I wanted to add is that also so much of business is the way you treat people and mm. word of mouth, I think has been the biggest thing for me because these people that work at these companies, they move around a lot. They have a lot of industry friends. Um, so by doing great work consistently and putting client service, like at the forefront of your business, that's just going to lead to more work. 100%. Yeah. I love that. So a couple just fun things that I want to get into. And then, um, I want to hear, you know, what's, what's next for you. So right now I think we're, most of us are still at home. We're recording this at the end of like the first week of May and we're trying to figure out you know, I can't get with my photographer right now. I can't, you know, go out and do create normal content in the world like I would. So what are some fun ways, whether we're product-based or service-based businesses that we can create content at home and really, I mean, like you're in your office right now in your garage and you have tons of props and things and you're staging things. What do you do or what could we easily like pull together at home? 
Sure. So I think you can never underestimate the power of iPhone photography and some good editing apps for one. Um, you can take amazing photos on an iPhone with natural light and plug it into some editing apps and like the difference is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can expand on that more, but I think also you don't need to like have any fancy props or backgrounds. Like you can use things in your house. Mm -hmm. I've been talking a lot about that lately. How can people use backgrounds around their house? So you can use blankets, you can use drapes, you can use furniture. If you have like a printed couch, you know, like the fabric of that Mm -hmm. beach towels, um, I, yeah, velvet curtains, really a uh, f- uh, fur rug, you know, really thinking outside the box, what you have on hand, wrapping paper, um, scrapbook paper. These are all examples that I like to share of, these are all great elements that you can put in your photos, like as a flat lay, or you can put your pet on it or your baby on, on these surfaces, <laughs> you know, if you're a mom blogger or something. And so just really look around and see what matches your brand and just grab that. And the best thing you can do is try different things, try different combinations and not be afraid to just play around and try. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we can definitely pull some things from our house and like a nice plant or something. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. your plants at this point. I have killed one recently and I'm pretty upset with myself about it, but I still have uh, a couple of cute ones that would be fun for some content. I love that. You know, I was just talking to a friend yesterday um, about content creation as well. And we're talking about Flatlay specifically, and I know we'll get into this in a little bit with your course that you created. Um, But how can we customize some some Flatlays for our own brand? I know, for example, we did a virtual event with my friend that I'm talking about. And um, one of the people in the on the call with a lawyer and so she's like I don't know what to do for my flat like if I were to create some flat lays because I need some more content right now like what do I do do I put like a contract out there like you know so um how do you think we can kind of customize that yeah totally so for service space it is a little bit harder like the lawyer that you mentioned you can always use your business cards as props you know, you can get your name printed on pencils. Um, I love the idea of using like a contract as a prop, like on a cute desktop scene. And then I think what really drives home the branding is going to be like a consistent use of background colors that match your brand colors. And then also props that tie in those brand colors also. And if you can't find something in the color that you need, paint it you can paint a backdrop, you can spray paint a pair of scissors or a stapler to match your brand colors. Again, those are all things that you can easily do DIY style to get your brand look and feel. I love it. Yeah. Get scrapping and just get really DIY at home. Okay. So I want to talk about creating different streams of revenue. We're in a really weird time right now. And so our traditional products or services might not be what is selling right now. You know, I know for me, our entire business, entire business, but we're very event centric. Our whole purpose was we create an online community and then we create in-person experiences that has not been available for two and a half months. So all of our event revenue stream is gone. We've replaced that with virtual events, you know, and virtual events are, different and we can't really charge as much because it's harder, you know, it's not the same experience and things like that. So we've 
done different things. And so how have you approached um, this pandemic and this time where people are now not having the budget? Clients are possibly struggling as well. You know, I know a lot of people have had to either lay people off, they've lost clients, so many different things. Uh, what has your experience been this time? Um, how have you kind of diversified things? Sure. So I'm, I'm really lucky. A lot of my clients are in like the food beverage space and that seems to be pretty consistent. Um, mm-hmm. I had like a few ongoing projects that have still been happening, but I am seeing a couple start to take their um, content in house, you know, because their budgets are getting cut. So I think there's going to be like a ripple effect. So I may not have like felt it as hard in the first couple months, but you know, later this year when they would normally have maybe like a big holiday campaign, their budget for that may get cut. So I think it really just depends on like the clients and how they're doing. And it's really hard for me to know how my client's revenue is doing and what their budget is going to look like. So that's really scary. Um, Luckily, I didn't have any... I don't have any full-time employees other than myself. I use all contractors. And it really is just because of the nature of the business. Some months I may need 20 people working for me. Some months I may need two people. Um, So I've still been working with a few of my contractors, some editors, remote editors, but I've been the one in my studio every day cranking out content. I've been I've been working 14 to 16 hours a day. Like that's not even an exaggeration. I know. I, I feel have... like I've been so much more busy during that time. <laughs> yes, because I don't have like the support of people here to like, and on the podcast, you can't see this, but Amanda can see this <laughs> giant mess behind me. Like I don't have people here to help me, you know, clean things up and get to the next shot and be more efficient. And so before it would take us like a day to do a shoot. Now it's taking me like three days because it's just me. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling that. And then like with a course, that's something that I've wanted to do for years, like literally years I've had, like make a course on my to-do list and <laughs> I never did it because I was like, Oh, I'm doing all this client work. Like I'm never going to get a return for my time invested. And then I had a coaching call with Kristen Lay of um, Thimble Press. I hired her for a consulting session because I want to get into licensing and all this good stuff that she does. She does consulting mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. she was like, just put it on Zoom. Like make it live. Make it like really easy for you to launch. Don't feel like you have to put all that time up front. Like make it a live launch. Turn it evergreen later. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. Like the whole creation aspect of it was what was holding me back. And so she just encouraged me to like go with this Zoom trend right now, make it a live course and then make turn it evergreen later. Exactly. I love that. And I think we get really bogged down with, I mean, I know myself, I'm working on um, my first course right now. And then I have another one that's going to be coming out. And I we can get so inundated with um, ads that we're targeted for, like, should I, you know, sign up for this service and host it here and create all of this, like, you know, beautiful graphics and make sure and like invest a lot of money into it. When in reality, host it for free. Now is not the time to spend a ton of money on stuff. Host it for free and turn it evergreen. How are you planning to turn it evergreen after this? Yeah. So I think it's like a really good test too, because, you know, if nobody bought it, then I wouldn't have invested anything. Right. Like there's not, 
but it did pretty well like for a first launch and for like limited marketing like i think i had pretty good results and i was able to pay for um a content strategist who's coming up with a funnel for me and a freebie and all that like email marketing stuff that is like honestly over my head and that is not in my zone of genius so it's paying for that it's also paying for like my website to be updated because i didn't have any way on my website for people to buy anything there wasn't a sales page or anything right it's i had to get on shopify and like get that Mm -hmm. all figured out and then I'm going to hire a video editor to take the live Zoom calls and just kind of clean it up, edit out like all the questions, edit out anytime I was like lost my place or something. Right. Um, really clean it up for me. And that's really only like a day's worth of work for her. So that's not bad. And then I will eventually put it on maybe like Teachable or something. I haven't quite decided where I'm hosting it, but I'm figuring it out as I go along. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I think it gets really intimidating when you see other people's resources or like where they're hosting and like, Oh, that's probably the way I should do it. Right. And then you're like, I don't know how to do that. Also, once you find out how to do that, you're like, that's freaking expensive. I'm not doing that. You know, Yeah. even if you do have the money, like, should you spend it right now? You know, especially in a time like this. So I love that. I love that. Um, I'm using teachable right now so far. So good. It's like pretty intuitive. It's pretty user friendly. And yeah, I mean, even putting, putting freebies there. But so I love that. I love you have shifted and now is the best time, like more than ever to create a course and a great buffer in case something happens with clients down the road. Right. Um, Right. You also have, you know, amazing work that you've done for, for clients. Um, up to this point. So now we come to what is coming up next? What is, you know, you're, you're putting out amazing content. You have so many um, great things going on in your course. What, what's next? Yeah. So the course will be evergreen very soon. So there's a wait list for that at slaythefloutlay.com. And then um, I'm coming out with a print shop, which is really exciting. Um, that's another thing that I've wanted to do for a really long time that I finally am putting time behind and being very thoughtful with the different collections that we're going to have. And it's very, there are prints. And then um, I started ha- having consulting calls also. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to coach some clients on how to grow their own photography business and take a leap on their own. That's amazing. Alyssa, this has been awesome. I feel like I could talk to you forever. That's the best part about bringing people onto the podcast. But okay, tell us again where we can find you on the internet, Instagram, website, all the things. Sure. So you can find me at lishcreative.com, at alishylishy on Instagram, at lishcreative on Instagram. And the waitlist for the course is at slaytheflatway.com. Slay the Flatway, which by the way, so love that. It's like super cute and catchy. Um, Well, this was awesome. I hope you guys stay safe, stay well, um, enjoy your renovated garage office. And thank you guys for listening. Leave a comment and go um, to the episode description and uh, check out more about Alicia. Thanks.